Hello, and welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm your host, Austin Williams. You just heard the music from the Honorable Elizabeth A. Baker's latest album, Remain Calm, This Is Just a Test. Celebrated for her terrifying dynamic range, cleanliness of sound, as well as unique sensitivity and ability to sculpt her performance for the acoustics of a space, the Honorable Elizabeth A. Baker is a dramatic performer with an honest, near-psychic connection to music, which resounds with audiences of all ages and musical backgrounds. As a creator, her understanding of sonic space from organic intuition and studies in music production pair with a unique eclectic voice, making for a spatial and auditory experience of music, eschewing the collection of traditional titles that describe single elements of her body of work. Elizabeth refers to herself as a new Renaissance artist that embraces a constant stream of change and rebirth in practice, which expands into a variety of media, chiefly an exploration of how sonic and spatial worlds can be manipulated to personify a variety of philosophies and principles, both tangible as well as intangible. Here is a short interview I conducted with her about the title track of this album that you heard at the beginning of this episode titled Remain Calm. So, Elizabeth, um, you've been... Uh, busy from what it looks like uh, with <laughs> a lot of projects you've been even uh, working on um, the your most recent album uh, remain calm this is just a test um, first of all I, the big question is what what's the what's the title or what's what's that all about um we should remain calm this is just a test uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> uh yeah i don't really yeah i mean it was just like you know titles come to me and mm -hmm. it's just like this felt right um yeah. and uh so the entire album was recorded um even though it's two songs but it's like it's like 20 minutes of two songs so like mm -hmm over 20 minutes. Um, I recently was awarded uh, a Harvard Radcliffe Fellowship. And so I have a studio uh, at Harvard Radcliffe's Institute. And uh, it's not the exact same studio that I have at home. Uh, I had to move to Boston in a very weird way um, by plane. Mm. So I ended up procuring some new pieces of gear. Um, there were some older pieces of gear that I had. And this was really like testing the gear and testing the room. Mm. Um, uh, I think it's the first time they've had anyone with significant amounts of sub in <laughs> in their quote-unquote composer studio uh so there was enjoyable times of letting just the subwoofer like do its thing and the facilities people literally in the vents with insulation tape trying to stop <laughs> <laughs> things from rattling uh that's awesome uh, they came like two times like so in the middle of the day at like three o'clock i'm just like sending out like just super sub like super dope bass uh happening yeah, yeah. at harvard uh with the facilities uh personnel in the actual vents of my studio, you know? So, uh, <laughs> that's incredible. Um, I definitely feel that literally feel that when I listen to, uh, the tracks on this album, I think that because of the way that we listen to music now, 
a lot of times we miss the richness of like the painting of the, the image and having your high end and your low end on such extreme areas of the spectrum mm-hmm. that it really does create a very rich and vivid example of things. And, you know, I find it interesting because people always think, well, you're doing it for the audience. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And so part of my Harvard, like, um, projects that I'm doing, I'm actually working with, uh, samples of poets from the massive Harvard archive of old dead white dudes who used to come to Harvard and drunkenly read their poet poetry and ramble. Um, and like one of them, I think there's lessons to be learned in all of this. Um, but like my new lesson and it's not really a lesson, but I'm like, this is the example of like, I'm creating the stuff for me and you are all watching me create it. And like, that is the practice. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not creating it for anyone else, but myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but T.S. Eliot gave a poetry reading, which you can actually listen to online. Most of these poets, Harvard, just like here, you can listen for free to a bunch of weird dudes with very strange accents. (laughs) Um, And C.S. Eliot is like, I'm going to read my four preludes. That's how he speaks. He says, preludes. (laughs) (laughs) If after the first prelude, I am inaudible, tell me then. I'm like, wait, did you just tell people not to interrupt you? Even if they can't hear you (laughs) because you're reading your poem? And you're in the zone and you don't care. I'm like, we need to bring that back. <laughs> like, that's what the whole, like, so when I'm creating in my studio, it's like, yeah. I'm channeling the T.S. Eliot energy of like, if it's inaudible, it doesn't matter because I'm doing this for me. And like, at the end of it, you're going to enjoy what I've created, but I'm not, I'm not allowing the doubt that creeps in when you start considering everyone else and their needs into a practice that is, it's really about what the artist is bringing of themselves to the table. I think, I mean, people have to remember, like I am from Florida, which is noise capital of the world. (laughs) And, um, and so, yeah, so I was involved heavily in a lot of underground scenes. Mm -hmm. And so you know, I was actually just talking with a good friend of mine from home yesterday about how like noise music has pumped its way into like modern production. Like Skrillex is all based in noise music. And it's so interesting to see how it's like in the mainstream now. Um, no, it's, I, so it's funny you mentioned that because the, the track I mentioned on quadrivium, uh, headspace, I was actually going to bring that up of, you know, it's, it's clear that you have a really large influence of like, you know, modular sense and like, you know, um, more texturally based sound, um, but you just kind of hit the nail on the head, but maybe just within this, this, the specific track kind of brings you through a, a, a plethora of like areas i was really drawn in at first because it it is very like sound massy in a way and then it kind of like becomes more subdued you know like i said it, it goes places 
So, um, yeah, I was doing a lot of sort of what I called sonic ritual back then. And I think that maybe all of my improvisation is sort of some sort of sonic ritual. Sure. So that entire B side was very much just me and my studio improvising, um, with a few overdubs here and there, like headspace definitely has guitar on it. Mm -hmm. Um, not many people pick that up because the guitar has uh, chrome flat wound strings. Oh. So it sounds very synthy. Yeah. Um, and specifically, cause I know the, the guitar people that might listen, they're like, what is that? It's, it's a washburn idol. Oh. <laughs> I have a washburn idol with chrome flat wound strings on it. Um, that's a, that's a really unique sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's super cool. smooth. Yeah. Like, yeah. You could probably play jazz on that guitar really well, mm-hmm. um, but I don't. I just, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I never was a jazz player. Um, it's a not so secret secret that I went to school for classical guitar performance, but like every other classical guitar performance major I know, they're not playing classical guitar because there's just no career outlook for that unless you're Pepe Romero. Yep. So, um, no, I was, uh, I was really kind of taken aback, um, just by the, again, showing the versatility and the range of your sonic palette kind of in this like single piece or this single track. That's, that's really what kind of drew me into it. Um, and again, like, you know, most music I listen to that I get really into, it's, it just kind of brings me. Just do a different space, which, you know, I think uh, whether that's the purpose or not, but, I, you know, the listener's experience is always unique, right? So, yeah, I mean, I can tell you now that we're like talking about it and I'm like, oh, yeah, you were going through that. So, yeah, <laughs> I was really into like, I was reading about um, like selves in the post ontological era. Mm. you know, light reading. Um, (laughs) and I was thinking a lot about the fact that everyone has essentially three selves. You have your physical self and your metaphysical self, Mm -hmm. but now you have a data self that you feed whether or not you want to. And that's like a whole other part of you. Um, and that was a big, that was a big thing I was exploring as far as the B side of quadrivium was mm. concerned. Um, yeah. That makes sense. Hence the, the mic, uh, just, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the track list now, the, the microbial systems, mm-hmm. what is done inside, like all these, all these names kind of fit inside that. I think we miss that a lot in albums, like modern albums, yeah. because everyone is so used to a playlist like mentality. Um, and I, I think back to like, uh, TLC and like actually Megan, the stallion has done that. Like her last, the last release that she did something for the hotties has like actual skits in between some things, Mm -hmm. uh, where like the whole album is considered as like a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm an album listener. So 
it's really rewarding for me to like, just go on a journey. I mean, also the Mars Volta, like you can't listen to just one track by the Mars Volta. It's like, we have to listen to the entire thing. It's like a whole, we're going Mm -hmm. on a whole journey. Mm -hmm. Um, and those are the albums that I appreciate the most. Um, because it's, it's the closest thing I can think of to a, concert that you can experience anytime did i talk about my album that is coming out you talked about you have a premiere but not uh maybe not your full album album. oh okay so i have an album that's i I decided as part of my uh harvard radcliffe time that i'm going to do a solo album using um like i thought i talked about some of the audio from the poetry archive Mm -hmm. Uh, and it is the greatest album name of all time um you're gonna hear it here it's a footnote on my website so it's not like (laughs) secret secret but it's kind of secret um it's called aggressive pillow talk it's a great album (laughs) name (laughs) uh i thought that aggressive pillow talk sounds from the harvard archives would just be you know for your grammy consideration um Yeah, no, that's that sounds like a winner, honestly. <laughs> so that will drop in spring 2022. Awesome. Looking forward to it, honestly. That sounds like it's going to be, just based on what you were saying earlier about those uh, archives, that sounds like it's going to be pretty sick.
You just heard the second track on Elizabeth A. Baker's album, Remain Calm, This Is Just a Test, titled The Strange Familiar Light, Fantastic. Be sure to check out all of her other stuff on elizabethbaker.bandcamp.com. Relevant Tones is a production of Access Contemporary Music, a nonprofit organization with the mission of bringing musical creativity to life every day. Find more at acmusic.org.